Boomer in the Morning with Ryan Pinder on Sportsnet 960 The Fan. Hour two of the program, we are brought to you by the so good people at Grey Wolf Golf Course. They're so good. Panorama Mountain Resort, it's Grey Wolf, it's there, it's beautiful. Alpine setting, par threes, challenging, beautiful. <laughs> smells good up there. Well, sure does that yeah. mountain air, doing that mountain air. It'll mm. get you, it'll get you. BC's number one voted public course by Score Golf Magazine. The T-sheet is open. Book online, graywolfgolf.com. You've heard us say this over and over again. You'll get it. And then you're going to go on. There's going to be, geez, I didn't realize that uh, it's uh, booked up. It's getting booked. Yeah. Get it on. That's why we started telling you about it, oh, I don't know, in March. Two months ago. You know, come on. Figure it out, people. Figure it out. Gray Wolf Golf. Fellas. Uh, Daryl Sutter, head coach of the Calgary Flames, the uh, his Flames at home against the Edmonton Oilers on Saturday, win by a score of nine to five. Thoughts, coach? We were better than them, that's for sure. Okay, <laughs> concise. Yeah, and maybe Cherry picked that a little bit, but uh, nonetheless, I think he was uh, referring to the fact that when you play five on five, they were very happy for the most part with how things went. Uh, now, don't take. I mean, don't take the penalties. Gabranson puts it over the glass. That's going to happen. But the the late penalty on Michael Backlund as he comes in and clips Connor McDavid. You, as they said on the broadcast, you got to play him hard. You got to mm-hmm. be in his face. You got to try and take him. And and they really did. And I think probably Oiler fans feel like there should have been more penalties called against them. But story um, of his career, really. That was that was one you don't need. Here's my question on that play. Cassian, tough guy. Vander mm-hmm. Kane, tough guy. Mm-hmm. There was really very little in the way of response from the Oilers on that. And I would think... Interesting point. I, I think of guys like uh, like Bob Stoffer. Bob is a throwback. He loves yep. that style. It's, that, you talk about Battle of Alberta. That was the one thing this didn't really have. The scrum that comes after that that hit. And you know what? Look, it's not a good hit. I'm thinking if you were to talk, Michael, yeah, not a good hit. Hit him high. It's not suspendable, but I mean, inch uh, inch or two either way. You, you catch him right in the the butt of the jaw, and we're we're talking about a suspension. But either I just I'm surprised in a way that scrum happens. Drysaddle's in there. He gets wrestled to the ice, and then it's crickets pretty much from there on in. Now I understand there's goals happening everywhere. You mm-hmm. want you don't want to do something to take your team out of it. I don't know if. Is there a conversation at the uh, at the next face-off or, or down the line where an oiler asks a flame to go and they're turned down? Because I don't know, but that's, that shocked me a little bit. I thought after I saw that that things were going to heat up because that was right at the end of the first period. I, I, I don't even know what to – like. it just felt like one team knew the other team was better that night. And he quits the wrong word, but there just was a big brother, little brother feel about that game. And and look, they might play again, and it might go the exact opposite way. The Oilers knew they were going to win that game. I think for a little, you know, they kept hanging around in a way. But maybe at that juncture, that wasn't the case. I don't know. But yeah, you'd expect some pushback. It's not like they don't have guys that can play physical. But Calgary's probably 
quite a bit tougher than them. If you want to start going toughest, toughest, second, toughest, second, toughest, all the way through, like, I don't know that there's great matchups for the Oilers to turn it into fight night. No, there isn't. And I think that that's probably a bigger part of it, which might be, and it's rare because the Oilers have been pretty good in that department. The, the Oilers are going to, I think that's why Cassian has gotten deal after deal is because he, he's got some offensive ability, but he also will throw. And, and that's an important part of his game. Yeah. Right. He, yeah. Th- that's part of what, puts cash in his uh, checking every two weeks is the fact that he will stick up for teammates and will, and will get going. It was a very quiet night for him. Kane had the chance on that back door play. Again, I thought, man, I thought that somebody would have come up if not on Backlund, then would take a run at Gaudreau or would do something. But it was a, uh, it was a quiet night that way. I, I know it was a fun night. The question was asked afterwards to to Kachuk. I said, do you guys want to play them in the, in the playoffs? Do you guys want to see these guys? It was three periods of hockey. It was wild. There were some good goals, bad goals, breakdowns, power plays. Emotions ran high. And I think that things, could, could the Flames have just as easily lost this one going the other way? Yeah, I, that, that, it, was a, it was a crazy kind of night. And as we, you sit afterwards and, like, yeah, Flames really took it to them. The halfway point of that game, as Kachuk said, I, I couldn't. I wasn't going to tell you who was going to win or lose that one. You keep taking penalties, and they keep mm-hmm. scoring on the power play. They're going to win this hockey game. So I don't. It wasn't put to bed. And I'll just finish the thought on this before I, before I bring you in. Kachuk, to his credit, was had. A, I thought it was a great answer. You know, that's that. For us, it's one thing to say let's let's see it in the playoffs because it'd be fun and the bars would be full and it'd be great for our economy and hockey fans and all of that. For the Flames, who look to be playoff bound. Oh, do you do you want to play Edmonton in the playoffs? Well, they've beat us twice. We beat them twice. They've been pretty competitive games. You can't really answer that. You just, I mean, a couple of years ago, we wanted to play Colorado because we beat them three times in the year and they, they spanked us pretty good. So um, you never hope or don't hope to play anybody. Just we got to get to the playoffs first. That's it. I got good news for him on the playoff front. Um, and secondly, yeah, I think he's, you're absolutely right. You don't dare utter you want someone. Remember Major League Baseball was floating that idea? Okay, here's what we're going to do. We're going to do expanded playoffs. Uh, top seeds pick the opponents. No. Yeah. Don't want anything to do with that if you're a manager. If you're a fan, how fun is that? But it's it's immediate bulletin board material. No way do you want to say you do want or you don't want somebody. We'll face who we face. Now, I don't know if two, three years ago, Kachuk would have been asked that question in this spot. Would he have said, yeah, let's bring, bring it, it on. on? Maybe he would have. But we've heard him, hey, if you don't want to get hit, stay off the tracks. He's yeah, been, there's been some maturity there. You know what I mean? Yeah. So I, I've, you watch some of the responses he's had, big games, big night. Oh, we're just the next game. He's been very even keel. I think that's a part of the team. Mm-hmm. And I'm not suggesting that this is the next captain. But we had that, con- again, you do four hours of radio or three hours a day, you're going to talk about just about everything. Mm-hmm. But w- over the years, we had that conversation. Is Kachuk a guy you can envision as the next captain? And for a long time, it was like, I don't think so. He doesn't, he doesn't seem like a guy who's mature enough. He's yipping with the refs, and then he's got to go talk to them mm-hmm. in, a, in a situation. I, it doesn't seem like it. I think his game has evolved. I think he's matured, and he does now look like a guy who could wear a letter of some... Sure, an yeah. a, but he just everything about him has come a long way in the last little bit. And the funny thing is, he was one of a few names we threw out and there's other guys that I think are stronger candidates than they were then, too. Yeah. Elias Lindholm. I don't know that 
we didn't think of him as one of a group of guys that could be if you squinted, but you don't have to squint as much. No. That's 200-foot player. Yeah. That's, that is a really important cog. Uh, you look at Chris Tan of the way he plays. He's not a very vocal guy, but his actions tell you everything you need to know. That's a guy that wouldn't look crazy with a C on his chest. Yeah. Like there's there's a, all of a sudden a lot of candidates, and it's a little piece of fabric. This team's got great leadership. I don't really care whether it happens or not, but if you're going to have the conversation, there's there's a lot of good candidates rather than just what felt like a lot of different candidates in the summer. Yeah, that comment he made it, it kind of struck me on too, and that's why I wanted to play it for. Is mm-hmm. a no bulletin board material, and b yeah. the you know we wanted call we were happy to play Colorado, and then they kicked our butts. Like yeah, you know what? That's this guy's a smart kid. Like and we we knew that. The Lindholm one is interesting too because I I agree with you hundred percent. I don't know. It it felt like a while for a Flames team. Is this a guy that can wear? I don't know. Is there much? Is is there much passion there? Is he? Does he seem like a vocal guy? Well, if Patrice Bergeron can be a leader in Boston, then this guy can be a similar type of a leader here. He's had a tremendous year, and you think about the relationships that he has. Like Mark, say, you see all the Swedish Mark, flags on the roster. Markstrom's a flame because of Elias Lindholm to a certain cousin, right? To a certain degree, I I think there's a lot of respect for Elias Lindholm in that room. And I don't know if he's a big barker or shouter or rah-rah guy in the room, but he now, because as a trillion, it touches all aspects, power play, penalty kill, face, mm-hmm. does it all. Yeah. He big does. minutes, plays against best players. Like yeah. Heck yeah. Yeah. And uh, does it matter? No. And and like, does Daryl have to go name a, a, a captain before next year? No, not at all. They can do it. They can roll A's. Who cares? Uh, like it's nothing's broke here, people. Mm-hmm. Nothing is broken. There's a lot of teams that got a long time, and I think you know. To be fair, you got some contractual stuff you probably want to iron out before you go doing that. To that end, somebody I'm trying to think. I don't know who it was in the last five days or so. I don't know if I get my hair cut. I was talking to somebody. Maybe it was at the uh, my kids bring out on the weekend. Hair looked good on Friday, by Thanks, the way. Thanks, buddy. Yeah. Feels good. Um, a lot of gray in there now, though. Eh? It's not so much highlights. Not yeah. so much pe- pepper anymore. It's a lot of salt. And I've heard this before. So with the Kachuk, what's it going to come? Well, here's he could he could sign an extension, and uh, it could be eight years, seven, whatever. Mm-hmm. But you know, if he decides to uh, not sign, mm-hmm. take a one year deal, they're going to qualify him. It'd be nine million dollars. Mm-hmm. Nine boy, nine million dollars. That feels like a lot of money. Is, is he worth nine million? Because nine million, and I've said this here. To me, if you're a $9 million player, you're in the superstar. You're That's, a star in the league. You're yeah. a star. And for a while, it it was hard to think. Kachuk, good player, but is he that type of a player? Now you talk about how different this year is than last year. We were talking last year about how, boy, you'd probably rather have the brother. Not that you wouldn't love both of them, but I think that's completely back the other way this year. One guy's having a way better year than the other guy. And, yeah. yes, surroundings are very different, but. Point being, he's answered all those questions we had last year, and the fear of a $9 million qualifying offer isn't there. The fear was that he's not a $9 million player. you got to pay him nine. He's yeah. a $9 million player now. Yeah, but I, my answer was, to this point, is, yeah, I don't, think, I don't think he is. When I think of $9 million players around the league, I think of superstars, and I think of, you know, roll, roll out the names of guys that get, I mean, what, Dreisaitl makes eight. Great deal, at the, you know, a great deal in the end, but I... Yeah, and again, they signed him to that before he looked. I like see a Kachuk guy. seventh in league scoring, thirty-two goals, eight. He's got fifty assists. He's doing so, right. He's not cherry picking. 
You look at the goal he, differentials and even strength, all that stuff. He's a, he's a very, very good player. He's worthy of that money. Yeah. So on one hand, while you are fearing for Brad Living and the work that he has to do this offseason, if you got to pay to keep Kachuk and Goudreau after this type of a year, you don't feel like it's reckless spending and you're crossing your fingers and, boy, I hope I hope this works. You always are to a certain degree. But you feel a little bit more, certainly with Kachuk. 100%, yeah. I feel like I'm going to rest a little bit easier if it's a big payday for him. Now, there's one thing left to do, and it's a whole group, and it can't get done till it's done, but we got to see how this group does in the postseason. Yeah. Now, it's a good year to be a team in the Pacific. Like, that's that's the easiest path to the conference finals of any of the divisions. It just is. I'm sorry. There's the Flames and a bunch of teams that have some major warts. We saw what Edmonton's goaltending and defense can do. L.A. dinged up, really young, first time in a while with this group. Vegas might not even get in. So if these two players want to have great Mays, they'll still be playing in June. I think it's that simple. It's going to be round one, first half of May, round two, second half of May, conference finals in June. If these two players are good, it's hard to envision them not in the Western Conference final against whoever comes out of the Central. Now, it's playoffs. Crazy things happen. We felt similarly in 18-19, even though it played quite differently mm-hmm. stylistically. But you have to like where they're at. That's the only thing left on the resumes. We watched Matthew Kajuk pounded his fist in a sweep because he was concussed in Edmonton in the bubble, couldn't play against Dallas. And I don't think we have to document how things have gone in the postseason for most of this team. Not just Johnny. I mean, oh, Johnny doesn't do the Johnny. Well, look, the whole team was brutal against Colorado, and then as that series evolved against Dallas, earlier on against Anaheim, if guys were still around for that. Like, it wasn't just Johnny Gaudreau that bad playoffs. Mark Giordano had awful playoffs. You know, only Sam Bennett and Mike Smith seemingly had good playoffs. I know. It's not a Johnny thing. It was a team thing. But those are the only two boxes that need to be checked. Gaudreau playoffs, Kachuk playoffs. You guys play well there. There just can't be any more any reservations at all about signing big money, long-term deals for both. We'll break and come back. Tommy Wielden Jr. We will talk a little bit about uh, what we saw yesterday. History made on the pitch. Did you see Lubardius was there? Of course he was. Like Lubardius Of course he was. Red-eyed out after the Flames game or got first bird out on uh, yesterday morning to be in attendance at BMO Field in Toronto. And he'll be back here on Tuesday. That's correct. He's probably back already. He can't miss morning skate. He can practice today. We'll, uh, we'll come back with Tommy Wielden Jr., Sportsnet 960, The Fan. You're locked on Boomer in the Morning, Sportsnet 960, The Fan. Yeah. Middle East of what? Uh, the globe. Oh. Kind of the middle. The middle of the globe? In the east part. There, oh. the, although it's... It's a sphere. I don't know where east and west start I was going to say, it's kind of... It's a, There's the far east, the middle east. Kind of right beside UAE there, bud. I don't know what that is. Uh, is that like of, a union? Uh, United Arab Emirates. Steel workers? A little above Saudi Arabia. Okay. Uh, maybe our next guest can help us out. Our look at Canadian, uh, the Canadian men's soccer national team is brought to you by CertainTea, the pro's choice for roofing, siding, drywall, insulation, and ceiling systems. CertainTea, pro all the way. Tommy Wielden Jr. joins us 
Uh, I was having some fun with Pinder last week. I said he jinxed, uh, he jinxed us with the, the game against Costa Rica and all of that. But at the end of the day, because they had played, the Canadian men had played so well to this point, they had put themselves in a spot where it was going to take something unforeseen mm -hmm. for them not to advance. But that said, for what we saw yesterday in Toronto, that display was kind of worth it. It, it really felt the, that's how they should have gotten in and qualified, isn't it? Absolutely. I think uh, we spoke about it uh, after the Costa Rica game. It's, um, it's one of them. They're tough environments to go to, and the game so often doesn't reflect this. Well, the scoreline doesn't often reflect the game. And uh, even though they're the better team, you know, the only stat that ever matters is the scoreline. So I think it's far more romantic and memorable for years to come. The footage that we saw yesterday, uh, to be able to see it live on tv on home soil and i think that will live in the memory of canadians for years it's no different to when uh, when canada qualified in 86 and you can see the images of you know the grainy footage in 86 of uh, playing in st george's park in newfoundland i think now you'll see it at bmo place in toronto and <laughs> we'll have high def pictures to remember by yeah, a little better. Uh, a pretty different crew too. This uh, scoring goals at will. What a game! What did you think of the the performance? It was brave. It was exciting. It was attacking. There was full of belief. And as soon as Canada got the ball, looking forward, I mean, they got such dynamism in that attack. Whether it be through Jonathan David, who kept dropping off into those half spaces, to Kyle Laren that was running the line, to Buchanan on the right, to Hoyler and Adekubi on the left. And then Stefan Astakio, he just was tireless in his work right through the middle. It was just, it was a high energy on a tough conditions. You could see how bobbly and cold the pitch was. So, yeah, it was really good. Uh, give us some background on the Atakubi family. You know them well. They're Calgarians. Elijah plays for your side. I believe missed all last year with an injury. And mm -hmm. Sam did not play against Costa Rica. He had a couple of yellows, so had to sit. Uh, and then was back in yesterday, and I thought uh, an, an immediate impact mm -hmm. and noticeable difference with him in that lineup. Yeah, I mean, it gives you balance, it gives you pace, he's got grit, uh, and he's got quality. And I think even seeing that, you know, the goal at the end came from his cross, but the, there's something you can't teach players, and that's just drive, and he has it in abundance. And when he puts that red shirt on, in, you know, he started to, to perform very, very well for Canada, and he just adds that great balance. And you know, being a left-footed player on the left side certainly allows for Junior Hoylet to cut in from the left as a right-footer and creates numerical overloads. And I think that was a part of their secret sauce last night. When did you meet the family and, and what can you tell us about uh, the humans, not just the soccer players? Yeah, brilliant. I mean, I think uh, when I first came, I was here 20 years ago and within the first couple of years, you're around at the soccer centre and you recognise some accents and just start talking and um, yeah, and, and when I moved to Foothills in 2007, both you know Sam and uh, Elijah were were part of that group as I think under 11 and under nines, and yeah, they just had this great drive to play, and always one of the first to be there, and always the last to leave the, the pitch because they were doing extra playing World Cup, and they're just great people. And Dad Ben coached in the club as well, and, and Mum D was a passionate fan, and now their sister Ruth Adakubi went on to you know get a scholarship at UFC and won a national gold with. My brother is the coach, and yeah, so there's been some nice connections with the family. Love it. Um, who else impressed you on the pitch yesterday from the Canadian side? Yeah, I liked uh, Stefan Estacchio. I thought he's the, he's the one that protects the park. Um, I mean, you've got to give a special shout-out. Scott Kennedy is another Calgarian. He stepped into that role very well and didn't put a foot wrong. Um, so 
yeah, really, really uh, impressed with them. And uh, I think they've got a good group. It's remarkable the fact that they've still got Alfonso Davies to come back into it. So it's really good. But yeah, it's, uh, it's been great because I think obviously we always talk about it. <laughs> now, as I'm on the phone to you, my phone's blowing up trying to get other interviews going on because it's, you know, it just shows that Canada's now becoming that football nation that we always thought it could be. Yeah, we do have to let you go. But just one more uh, from me, from a managerial spot, you can appreciate the work that John Herdman has done. Mm. I know that Steve, unreal. I know that Brunt and, uh, and Craig Forrest, they were kind of beaming about the work that he's done. You, not that it's it, to to be with the women's team and the men's team. It's it's just it's just it's a different thing. It's not better. It's not harder. But it's a different type of an approach. And there was some skepticism when Herdman took over the men's team, but not not anymore. No, not at all. He's a transformational leader. He he takes people to better places. And it's not just these this motivational speaker and gets you know inside the heads and the hearts of the of the players he has. He's tactically very, very good. He, he's the master of momentum. Like the, the simple things that if the momentum's not going away, you know, they pause for a throw-in or, you know, take an injury to, to kind of just recalibrate to putting on an attacking sub or change in formation. He's very tactically astute and he's got a great staff around him. He's, uh, he surrounds himself with brilliant people. And uh, I think that's, that's part of his success. And what's great is he lives by his words. Okay, last one. Panama on Wednesday. What do you expect? Panama, it looked like this could be a massive game for them to get in that four hole. They can't do that now. Canada's already punched their ticket, but uh, playing well could reward them with World Cup rankings what do you, or World, uh, World Points rankings, FIFA rankings. Well, what do you see happening? Knowing John, he'll be exactly right. He'll have enjoyed last night at a, maybe a cup of, a beer or two with, with the boys, and then they'd have been dialed in this morning up, healthy breakfast, walk, tactics reviewing what Panama does because I know he wants to be in that pot three which is important for the success he doesn't just want to go there and compete now he wants to go there and progress and I think that's uh I think they'll take this Panama game serious there'll be a tough sticky wicket but uh I think it'll be uh they're going down there to win and get more points on the board Thank you, pal. Enjoy your media tour today. Seriously, man. <laughs> Sounds good. There you go. Right, I, and I think I've got a job to do after this as well, boys. <laughs> oh, yeah, get after it, all right? Yeah, get after all right, thank it. Thank you, guys. Appreciate you. Thanks, buddy. There he is. Tommy Wilton Jr., Calvary FC manager, our guest here as we take a look at the Canadian men's national soccer team. It's brought to you by CertainTeed, the pro's choice for roofing, siding, drywall, insulation, and ceiling systems. CertainTeed, pro all the way. CertainTeed, pro all the way. So... Are we going to have so Friday is when they do the the big the the the, the big draw the pot stirring. So there's 32 teams, and I think we'll have what 29 of them figured out by then. Patrick, is that right? Yeah, for World 29 Cup? of the 32. We'll be decided by Friday because we still, still got them. Ukraine, which has been postponed yeah. to the summer. So yeah. Europe won't get all their good teams in, but most. Okay. Uh, and then African playoffs are happening uh, tomorrow, Tuesday. Yeah, tomorrow. Yeah. There you go. And Japan and the. Uh, Asia's already set. They've got their five. Oh, there's one more spot, but it's just for the fifth spot in, in Asia. But we'll have it all set by Friday. Crazy. And is, there's 20 teams in as of today? I believe um, so, yeah. We, and uh, it's like you look at the, the, the country names, like, yep, those are all. And Canada's in there, and it fits. Like, as weird as that is. Two years ago, that's mm-hmm. unfathomable. And all I can do is defer to everybody else. I mean, I, God, let me sit here and tell you about it. But anything that I've heard from the people that do follow and do live it is that Canada's not going to come in as, oh, here, look, here's Canada. They're going to be that team that we don't want any part of Canada. No, because they can score. We really don't like it's, want. It's spooky what they can do offensively, and like they're, they're incredibly prepared. 
for everything they've been to this point. Like they have one loss through 13 qualifications in CONCACAF. That's nutty. You go to some really hostile environments, bad pitches, bags of urine, crappy officiating, mm. really dumb yellow card rules. Like to get through CONCACAF the way they have, okay, to Brunt's point last week, it's not primetime CONCACAF. Mexico is not at their best. The Americans are still trying to figure out who they are. We've seen Costa Rica and Panama stronger sides in, in years past, but they're clearly the best team in the group. It's not close. So they are in. They play uh, on Wednesday, Panama City, and then uh, and then wait till Friday. Now, on uh, was it Friday of last week? We had Sportsnet Radio nationwide going with a World Cup soccer special. We're going to go again with that uh, today between noon and two. Eric Francis' show will move till tomorrow, as uh, she's she's kind of a big deal. She's a big deal indeed. Yeah, kind of big deal. Yeah, you. Lay the boots to Panama, who knows? You could end up in a real favorable spot group-wise at the World Cup, which would be absolutely insane. I mean, I'm curious to see the ratings from yesterday because they put up over a million eyeballs on that Thursday, and that was a 10 p.m. Eastern start. That is late. Mm-hmm. Like, this could be a monster number for yesterday's game. Now, March Madness, the first game would have been on about then, if I'm not mistaken. I'm just trying to think. I just don't else. think that's that big of a deal here. No, no like it's... And for context, I think the East final drew like 800,000 eyeballs in the CFL. So, so we, was that half or like 8,000 eyeballs? Or are we no, no, each I mean, eyeball? Uh, humans. Double it or? Humans. Oh, okay. Ratings, viewers. Because, yeah. you know, I was going to say, not, I'm sure somewhere out there, not everybody has both eyes. But some may have three. So maybe it that balances evens it out, out a little. Yeah. yeah, maybe balance it out in the end. Yeah, yeah. Didn't think about the three eye there. Cyclops. What do you call a person with three eyes? Triclops. Triclops. Write that down. Triclops. Isn't that what they call the Mexican team? Yes. Triclops. El Triclops. El Trey. Got it. I was going to tell you the Boomer in the Morning is brought to you by Grey Wolf Golf Course, but I won't do it right now. I won't do it right now. Separate from that comment. Uh, I saw this uh, in our notes today. I don't know if you knew about this. Mm? We're... uh, we're doing a master's pool here at uh, Sportsnet. Oh, I'm well aware. The chase for the green jacket is back. Augusta National this April. Sportsnet Nation, time to do your research. Make your picks with the Sportsnet 960 Master's Pool. Free to enter. Just log on to sportsnet.ca slash 960 to fill out your online pool entry. Uh-huh. Somebody going to pick up a five hundo gift card. Oh, that's a nice a Little Visa gift card courtesy of Calgary Lock and Safe. Dozens of safes in our showroom. Is the plural of safe saves or safes? In the you know uh, saves because if you got a safe, you got one. Safe. Dozens of safe in our showroom. Keep your winnings safe. Secure anything that's valuable, dangerous, or secret, courtesy of Calgary Lock and Safe. Mm-hmm. Visit them online, CalgaryLockandSafe.com. And uh, just for you folks looking for the master's pool, yeah, yeah. Uh, there's a drunk Lugan in charge of setting this up. And I do believe we need to wait for the Valero Texas Open to conclude, which is this weekend's event, before oh. the field is set. At which point, rock and roll. Got it. I'll see if we can set up. So that's you That's you setting it up. Right? Yeah, I'm the drunk Lugan. Okay, yeah, good. Yeah, that's that's kind of what I figured you were, uh, you were getting at there. Oh boy. Quite a show. On Saturday. 
Yeah, that's what um, that's what I heard. Now you were at the game with Bender. Yeah, and then I started getting texts, videos, photos of you with Warner mm, in the third. Yeah, or yes, yeah. Um, how how did that go? Well, that's when the night got foggier. So it was fun. People were chanting Mike Smith's name I and heard asking that. for ten goals. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, generally speaking, a lot of hooting and hollering. Yeah, people. Quite enjoying themselves on a Saturday night Battle of Alberta with the old nine spot on the board. So how do you think Warner rolls? Does he just show up and throw the <laughs> alumni thing? It's like, I'll just find somewhere. I'll just kind of, uh, you know, I'll pick a spot somewhere. And I just, don't know if he was paid to schmooze. I kind of get the sense he might have been. Um, he was in one of those super suites in the corner. Yeah. In those big ones. You got the 30 plus people around. Yeah. But again, he would just roll in there and start eating. That is true. Like, I, I don't know whether he's on payroll for said suite or if he just walked in and immediately did the salsa cheese dump and just hammered nachos. Yeah. Either very believable stories. Yeah, it is the, the salsa cheese dump for sure. It's, it's like, he, he give the nod, the wave. No conversation yet. Let me just do this. Splink. Hello, everyone. How are we doing? The party may now begin. Do you know who, who that guy is over there? Who's that long-armed Lugan? No, I don't. Did he have a ticket? Is he with? Is he with? You? No, I don't know. He just poured all of the salsa into our cheese and took a plateful, and then he walked out again. I, I don't know. Do we know who that was? That is, that, that is his thing. But he's very good at that. Just kind of. Uh, so I was not surprised to see that he was at the game because that would have been very him to just kind of uh, skulk around and then mm. and then find a spot. He may have noted uh, why he was there, and I just don't recall. Now, did he, so you were in seats. Yes. And then he contacted someone to no, go find you? No, I, I, a lovely gal, Caitlin, yes, who listens to the show. Yeah, and her dad's big yeah. listener. So I, she just saw Mount Bender and I and uh-huh. said, you guys need to get your, this is over here because Warner's in this suite. I'm like, what? Hi, I haven't met you before. Come on, follow me. Let's go. Come on, chop, chop. Yeah. And in we went. So thank you, Caitlin. What was happening in the suite when you got there? Ooh, there was. Did you know anybody, or because again, oh, you always know everyone. It's very, I was going to say, very we're all much friends here yeah. along that same all vein. Friends here. You don't have a hard time rolling into a room where no, you know no, 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 no one, no. and just uh, even better, we get to meet people we've never met before. Dane, mm-hmm. how exciting is that? Yeah. What's funner than meeting people? I don't know what's funner than that. More fun. Yeah, time. it's all right. Yeah, there's some familiar faces, and we had. Uh, I don't know if it was a where they were collecting all the empties in the dome, if they were bringing them into that suite, or if they were Just all there were a lot of emptied yeah, in yeah. there. But it was kind of like wading waist high through a recycling facility. <laughs> yeah, I saw there's there a was, lot of uh, tall boys in that suite. I did see a long line of empties in a couple of the photos. But hey, you know is what? that like the morgue for the empties? That one suite? No, you know what? they just they all send them there. Just trying to boost the economy. Alberta needs Keep it. things moving. Right? Alberta needs it. Uh, so when did you stop paying attention to this game? Because I know how it is once you get to well, a certain Well, I wouldn't point. say stop paying attention, but it just became the circus, like, once they pulled away in the third. Because it was still tense at 6-5, right? Mm-hmm. Like, you've completely, if you're a Flames fan, you're like, wow, our team has outplayed the crap out of Edmonton, but you can't be taking these penalties. Don't be giving these guys power plays. La-di-da. So once they, it was clear they were going to win, 
Like you, you mentioned that Markstrom save, they come back the other way and score. That was the game. And then it was party time. That was early third period. It is 6-5. And bad line change, or whatever, just line change. Oilers catch them on a turnover. It's McDavid leading a three-on-two slash three-on-one kind of a thing. It ends up going back door to Evander Kane, who gets enough on it, but it's an unbelievable save from Markstrom. And moments later, Kachuk, Goudreau, Lindholm with his 34th of the season makes it 7-5. to five. He's having a good year. He's having a fine year. Surprised he isn't up for a he, – he, he wishes, wishes it was a contract year. Sounds like that's a decent deal, huh? Well, that's a good one, yep. They'd signed it when he'd never scored more than 17 in his career. You're like, boy, they. I guess Bill Peters knows him well, so either you trust they're doing the right thing, but there's got to be more than there was. I know there is, yeah. He immediately scored 30 that year on the wing, I think, didn't he? Well, two more years at 4.85, and if he didn't score at the clip, he had 27 his first year. 27, then 29, had 19 and 56 last year, and then now 34 in 65. 68 points in 65 games. 30-goal guy or guy who scored 30? Uh, Well, at this point, he's a guy that scored 30. Wouldn't surprise if he scored 30. But, I mean, if you get 27... And then twenty nine and seventy when the league decides to long, you know, shut her down. I'm going to say you're you're thirty goal guy, mm-hmm. making less than five million a year. You need a few of those guys, eh? If you're going to have to pay Goudreau twenty million a season, you're going to need some guys on the on the other end. Does that get awkward? Do you think at any point? It's like, oh, hey, Johnny, you're back. Hey, eh? twelve million a year. I'm making four point eight. Well, Johnny's been making less than seven for his whole career, mm-hmm. so I don't know. I think these guys understand it. It's not like Lindholm's not going to get paid when he comes up in a couple of years. I know. You mentioned it earlier, and I don't know how you do it if you're a general manager. If things continue the way they are this year, and Johnny Gaudreau continues to score, I mean, he's not going to get five a night, but he's third in league scoring right now. If he's a four, he is right now. McDavid, Dreisaitl, Gaudreau, Huberdo, Austin Matthews. Hmm. Okay, so that's... And then Chucky's right in after then, that. Then it's Kyle Connor with his 41 goals. Jeez. And, uh, and Matthew Kachuk. There's a lot of... There's, you know, there's a lot of players who are over a point per game this year. There's some guys having mm-hmm. some fine seasons. But anyway, what kind of a off-season... Or what kind of a postseason? How bad would it have to be for Gaudreau that you would... In essence, almost ignore this regular season to the point that you would debate, A, do you bring him back? B, to what to what degree do you pay him if you can bring him back? Well, I mean, we like I know because it's always the numbers involved, but look, if they lose in the first round, that's gonna be a massive disaster. And that's goalposts have moved. This group, you gotta get in. Well, they're gonna get in, they're gonna be heavily favored in round one and probably round two as well if they can get through round one. You cannot have another Colorado happen to you. So if they lose in round one to Dallas or Vegas or whomever it is, mm-hmm. we don't. What what Gaudreau has done this year matters not. We're you just take that ten million or whatever whatever it is, and you move on and spend it elsewhere. No, I just think it's for all sides involved. It's easier to move forward together with success in the playoffs. But I and I, I agree with you. The point I'm making is there are some people who will say get to the playoffs and if you're no good in the playoffs then there there will be people who will say he can't do it in the playoffs so thus you move on 
It's a contract year. It's regular season success. Blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. And I, I don't know because Alexander Ovechkin was a tremendous, and it's different, I mean, different echelon, right? Guys have been scoring 50 goals. But well, until Alexander players, yeah. Ovechkin couldn't win in the playoffs until he won in the playoffs. Yeah, and he was actually pretty darn good in the playoffs before they actually won in the playoffs. It's just they, they ran into good teams in the second round all the time. And like, look, Austin Matthews, amazing player, hasn't won around in the playoffs. Like, this is not a, a one-off. It, it's hard to do. If you're in a good division or your team isn't super complete, not easy getting to the second round. And I think for Matthews and Gaudreau, that's probably you describe both both their post seasons. Like, yeah. I don't think Austin Matthews is a bad player at all, but he doesn't play in the second round. I don't. I, I don't think I would like. If it's a reasonable cap hit, and I don't even know what reasonable means at this point, but I just try to imagine this team without him, even if he doesn't have a great playoffs. I'm like, well, what are you? Like, I, I, I've been saying this for a couple of years. There is no perfect player. Johnny Gaudreau is not a perfect player. But take him off the ice. Take him off the ice. And sure, take the $10 million and spend it in free agency. Good luck. There's not going to be one guy worth that, so you're, now it's two players. And you're overpaying two guys. You're going to give too much term. Like the Oilers had $16 million bucks cap space or whatever it was this summer. They didn't go get a single $16 million player. Mm-hmm. They gave Zach Hyman too much term. They spent too much on Mike Smith. They brought in Duncan Keith's money, and there it went. That ain't as sexy as having one control. It's not. And it rarely, rarely works out. I get the other side. You look at, okay, the Leafs, they've got too much money tied up in too few players. McDavid and Dreisaitl, they make too much money. It does limit you. It does. It's good problems. First but, world issues in the NHL. Look at Tampa. Look at Florida when they're, they're going to have to play Huberto. Colorado's going to have to make room for Nathan McKinnon's new deal. They just paid Rantanen and Landeskog and McCarr. This is good team problems. Wouldn't you rather deal with issues down your lineup? Well, can we pay this person to be on our third line? Can this be our third line winger? No, we can't because we have a superstar on our yes. top line that we have there, to pay. There are luxuries you might not be able to afford next year. And honestly, they're in a really good spot to graduate two to four kids from Stockton. Pelche, I think, is a slam dunk. Connor Mackey, I think, is an easy guy to bring up. And there's other options there that aren't far behind. It's going to be that way for a bit here because that's what having really, really good players forces you to do. Pay them a lot of money and eat into your cap. Good problems, Dean. I'm curious what happens with Kachuk. Obviously, Goudreau is a UFA. He can kind of do, he's going to do whatever he wants. And so too will Matthew. I mean, he doesn't need to take a qualifying offer. He'll take the qualifying offer, make his nine, and then go to UFA. But I wonder, with what we saw with Brady Kachuk, when the money's good and the fit's good, I mean, the, Kuch- the Kachuks, they're hard to deal with. You know what? They're also a hockey family. They also know good, good cities, bad cities, good fits. They know what the hockey world is. And if all of a sudden the Calgary Flames are going to pay him as much or more as some teams can or will, and the fit's good, and this line mate of his, that they have tremendous chemistry... I just wonder if you take that step back. Yeah, you could play for the Blues, but you're 24, 25. You've got, you'll be playing for another decade. Maybe down the road you can play for the Blues or whoever you want. Maybe the smart thing is to take this immense amount of money and, and realize and enjoy the fact that you're in a good spot. I think there's a huge value on guys 
thinking that they have a chance to win. And I know, oh, the Kachuk's team Kachuk, oh, hard to negotiate. What did Brady end up signing? Yeah. A long-term deal that's what I'm, that's at what a I'm rather I... reasonable, like it was not the, oh my gosh, he's going to do the Mark Stone arb, arb, and out as quick as he can. No, he didn't. He had all the reasons to do it. Bad rink, bad owner. You can buy, believe or not believe this rebuild that they're supposed to be entering this unparalleled term of winning. They're not quite there yet. Like he clearly believes in that core more than I do, but like he's there. He signed long term. Didn't even get a signing bonus money that apparently he needed to get. Like it wasn't that bad. Yeah. And they're, and they're different players and the situation is different. One's older. I get all of that. One's a captain. But what, 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 why'd you sign it? Because the Kachuk, why, why'd you sign it? Because it's a, it's a lot of money. Yeah, because it's a good deal. Yeah, sometimes you take the money because it's a it, fifty-seven million, fifty-seven and a half. That's, that's a good lot money, of. Eh? That's yeah. good money. That's not going to get it done here over no, seven or eight years. But so I do wonder if the people that are, you know you wring your hands and you worry about this loggerheads or the the battle that you're going to have with. The Kachucks. Now, again, Brady, it took a while. What did he miss? Did he miss regular season games? Certainly miss camp. It, it dragged in a little bit. But they got it done. Yep. I think it was right before the season started, if I'm correct. Yeah. Well, Living will figure it out. Well, he's got he's in once he gets back from the, that uh, Boca, vacation. Del in Boca Boca Vista. No, yeah. Boca Vista. That's right. Hour three coming up. We'll take a look around the uh, the NHL. Bunch of games yesterday uh, and goings on from the weekend. Uh, the, uh, the Vegas Golden Knights, uh, how, how, how's that working out for you? They've been rolling after they, they lost five in a row. Now they've won three in a row. This is not boring. The trade you wanted to make, you were sour cause you couldn't make it. And then you had, you wanted to bring the, you didn't want to bring the guy back, but he comes back and all he's done has been dynamite for you. That and some other things. We'll, uh, we'll continue with the hockey talk coming up. Sportsnet 960, the fan.